0: Hello and welcome to Cop On Podcast, you powerful, muscular buffalo. My name's Owen and I'm jubilant to be able to bring you another Cop On special, this time with Paul Wheelock, one of the masterminds behind the Liverpool Echo's Blood Red Podcast. You've got to go and check them out. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at CopOnPodcast or email, email us your questions, cat videos, Amazon vouchers or something altogether more insalubrious to CopOnPodcast at com. Thank you so much for listening. Give us a share as well. Share and spread the word of CopOn to your friends and neighbours. Thank you so much. Enjoy. Some people, they dream, journalists, they dream of Pulitzer Prizes and they dream of going off to war and being the next Kate Adie. But uh, for me, the pinnacle of journalism and the journalistic world is to work at the Liverpool Echo. And here I am talking to Paul Wheelock, who is one of the lucky ones, Paul Thank you very much for joining us. How did you end up working at the Liverpool Echo? And tell us a bit about your job there.
1: First and foremost, thanks very much for ha- having me on your podcast. Owen. Uh, we communicate every week by email. But it's nice to speak in person. Uh, yeah, because we, we speak because you contribute to our post-game podcast. Uh, most or every Liverpool game. Uh, I've been working at the Echo now since April of last year. And it, it's something I've always wanted to do because I'm from Merseyside. As hopefully people can tell by the accent. Uh, but it, it took me a bit of a while to get here. I've been working in the media, uh, so to speak, for the last probably 14 or 15 years now. But it it started out in North Wales and then over to Blackburn. I used to cover Blackburn Rovers. I've worked in Chester. Uh, but eventually I got over to a bit of a dream job working at the Echo here. But rather than writing about Liverpool or Everton, it's actually podcasts. Because before I started here, we had the main Blood Red podcast, which were on a Monday and Friday, which featured people like James Pearce, and Doyle. Joe Rimmer, all the guys Liverpool fans hopefully know. Uh, and we just tried to expand them or and, and organise them and streamline them a bit more. And that's what I've uh, been brought over to do. So, yeah, really chuffed to be working for the Liverpool Echo. It's not all glamour. As we speak at the moment, I'm actually in uh, a bit of a broom cupboard <laughs> because the studio has been taken up by some of my colleagues recording the latest podcast. But, yeah, that's me. I'm, I've been at the Echo now for close to a year and really enjoying it.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you talk about the A-listers there, people like James Pierce and Ian Doyle. Um, I do have a bit of a bugbear, actually. Can you tell James Pierce that you pronounce the name Nabby Cater and not Keita? Because that would be great if you could do that.
1: I will pass that on immediately. It is one, though, isn't it? Like, I, I don't know who to, It's definitely Cater, isn't it? It's not Kiter, that's right.
0: Yes, exactly. I mean, you know, it, 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 I only know that because, you know, I, I live in France and maybe Egyptian people will be annoyed that you don't pronounce the H in Mohamed Salah. You know, maybe there's an H at the end. I just don't know, unfortunately. But uh, I can tell you for Nabi, it's Nabi Kater. Think of Oliver K, Peter K, Michael Corleone's wife. You can think of what you want. Anyway. <laughs> thank you very yeah, much. I will put on. Thank you very much. Um, you can. Uh, we always hear about the media. You know, we're reading on Twitter. People talk about the media, a media agenda. You know, people with tinfoil cardigans thinking that there's some kind of conspiracy, either against or or for Liverpool. Um, what's it like, Paul, being inside the media, and how different is is it to what people might expect?
1: Well, certainly from like the position and company paper i work for now publication it's it will be pro liverpool it will be pro everton because I'm, i tell you what if people don't realize everyone who works on the sports desk here and, and in the kind of wider newsroom are either liverpoolians or evertonians so they're passionate about the football clubs they uh they follow in, in my previous job i used to cover blackburn rovers uh, obviously fallen premier league champions that have gone on to hard times and, and I, I'm not a Blackburn fan, so that's probably, from my uh, experience, probably a better, uh, a better experience to talk about. It, it is a tricky, it is a tricky role in the media because you do have to kind of walk a fine line. Most important people are obviously the fans, your readers, or your listeners, or or your viewers. But obviously, you've got to, at the same time, have a relationship with the club. And I, to be honest, I, I think it's a really difficult balancing act that you, you, unless that team who you're covering is winning all the time and everyone's happy, I don't think it's a balancing act that you can actually achieve because at some point uh, or not, you're going to be angering maybe the fans. Maybe they don't think you have being too critical or being overly critical. Or And it's the same, uh, same experience with the club as well. So but to be to, to for someone who works inside the media I'm not the Liverpool FC reporter James Pearce would be much better to uh much better person better better person to explain this but they everyone here who covers Liverpool for instance are pro Liverpool they want Liverpool to do really well uh, and I imagine that's the same for a lot of the kind of national boys who cover the the Merseyside Merseyside patch for instance as well uh I i not met many journalists who've got an agenda put it that way uh, it just may seem Uh, to the outside world that they have. But I I think most journalists or most people who work in the media want the clubs they cover to do well.
0: Mm, Yeah, excellent answer. And is it difficult sometimes because you have to sort of tone down perhaps your your real, because you don't want to anger people too much?
1: I think uh, traditional media or mainstream media like ourselves have learned and have got a lot to learn from fan media because we should and I think we do it as a company now like the Liverpool Echo and Reach PLC we're trying to if not already we, we try to put, put fans at the forefront but at the same time you, you're right you, you probably can't you've got to rein in your emotions certain times I'm sure after uh, well, there's been rare defeats some uh, for Liverpool this season but in saying the pass Brendan Rogers's last game of that season when Liverpool lost 6-1 at Stoke I'm pretty sure the guys who were covering Liverpool that they really wanted to you know you know Let themselves go and and have a go at the team, but which they can, but you can't do in the same way. Say as a fan can do on a fan podcast or a fan video, but it comes back to the answer I gave before. The passion is still very much the same. It's just got to be delivered in a in a different way.
0: Well, that's a very interesting answer. And um, yes, I mean speaking. I mean, obviously, you're you're from Merseyside. You you live in uh, you know. in Liverpool or around Liverpool, in in the centre?
1: Yeah, no, just outside. Outside, like in a place called Weston, Stephen Gerrard's birthplace, to be honest. So I'm um, about twenty okay. minutes outside.
0: Excellent, and you've got a better left foot, maybe. Okay, excellent. <laughs> no, I'm two footed actually,
1: but just. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> uh, so uh, let's uh, let's move on to yesterday's game, the 0-0 with Bayern Munich. Uh, Steve McMahon on Sky Sports on the debate, he said it was a very good result, and Jurgen will be, you know, privately if not publicly
1: delighted. Do you agree? Was it a, a really good result? I wouldn't say he'd be delighted. I'd be, again, uh, he may have a different uh, verdict behind closed doors than the one he gave to the, the cameras and the press after the game. And he said it was pretty, it was okay then. they, I think without Vir- Virgil van Dijk, without Lovren, without Gomez, you've got to remember there was a lot written about Bayern and a lot said about Bayern in the lead up to the game that like you actually forget just what a good side they are. You know, players, teams that have got players of the class and caliber experience of Neuer, Hummels. Uh, Thiago, Martinez, Lewandowski and then the young players they've got as well people like Conan this is a really good team, Liverpool were playing last night so yeah it is a good result, they've not got an away goal Liverpool proved particularly last season that they can go to any away ground and uh, and score goals, think back to Rome, think back to Manchester City, think back to Porto in the knockout rounds but on the flip side, why I wouldn't go wholeheartedly behind what Steve McMahon said, Liverpool's away record in this season's Champions League hasn't been that great, has it, if, if memory serves correctly. It was pretty shocking in the group stages, and that's why it was so important to... It was vital to win that last game against Napoli. But I do think it will improve over there in the Allianz Arena. I just think with Van Dijk back, uh, there's a month now to get everyone playing fit. Hopefully there'll be no more injuries. I still think it's a tricky game. I don't think it's as atmospheric or as vociferous as, as Anfield and the pop on European Knights, the Allianz Arena. But from my experience of it, they can make a fair bit of racket themselves and get behind the team. I think he's delicately, delicately poised this tie. I wouldn't say uh, Liverpool would be delighted with that result last night, but I think it, it wasn't bad in the circumstances.
0: Um, well, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I mean, yeah.
1: Our our record uh, away
0: from home is played three, lost three in the Champions League, which is uh, yeah, I don't know room for improvement, you could say. But uh, I think that was down to a number of factors, and uh, you know we didn't have our sort of you know Fabinho and Cater weren't playing as well as they are now, and I think there'll be there'll be two uh, players in in the midfield for the for the return match, uh, hopefully if they don't get injured. That uh, you know would would uh, make a big difference to us, I think. But uh, no, yeah, you're absolutely
1: right. And um, who were the best performers for you last night for Liverpool? Uh, you mentioned one there, Fabinho. I don't know about you, Owen, but I thought he did really, really well. I know we've seen uh, a few times already uh, in this year since since he started playing centre back that he looks comfortable there. But again, like I mentioned earlier, against the caliber of opponents he was up against last night, I thought he was he was really good. Uh, Another one, Henderson. I know he's much maligned, isn't he? The, the captain at times. I know certainly on our podcast, or you look online, people have varying, uh, different opinions about him. But I thought he he really got about uh, by in last night. When, in all honesty, the the front three didn't really click or didn't really fire. Maybe that's because. Firmino, obviously was a bit ill in the lead up to the game, uh, and other than that, I thought it was just it was a fairly solid performance. I, I think it would have been different if if Salah, Firmino or or Manny really got going. But no, I thought the two players for me were for Fabinho, given he was playing out of position, and Henderson for, for what he did for the team.
0: Oh yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, Fabinho was a was a monster last night, and Henderson did very well. Yes, Henderson did very well. Um, another one I would say would be would be Trent actually. You know, in his return. Absolutely, super performance. But uh... yeah, are, are we going to go through? Are you confident we can get either a draw or a win in Allianz
1: Arena? Yeah, I think so. I'm, 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 I'm confident because I don't think, as I alluded to earlier, I don't think it was just ever going to be as straightforward as a lot of people may have thought. But I just can't. By and are going to have to come out. I thought it was quite surprising uh, last night that Kimmich and alabar didn't seem to get forward as much as as they usually do, which is probably. Liverpool a lot of respect, given uh, even though they've not been great away from home this year in in that how they were last season. They've got to come out at the Allianz Arena. They've got to score unless they get all the way to penalties with a nil-nil draw. And I just I can't see how that won't open the doors for people like Mane and people like Salah to, to take advantage of. Yeah, I I can see Liverpool scoring. I could even see maybe one-one. You know, at worst case scenario, an away goal win. Uh, but maybe two-one to Liverpool and get through to that. Uh, Get through
0: to the quarterfinals. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I feel the same. I'm. I'm sort of cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I think it would be. I think it would be. A, a You know, a heck of a match. But yes, I think you're right. They, they will have to at some point attack us unless unless they play for penalties. But uh, you know. Ju- German teams are no good at penalties anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing
1: to worry about.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, the next match, of course, uh, is a Manchester United away. Ooh, always a cracker. Um, what's what's the, the sort of mood in the city? Uh, presumably everyone's talking about it already this morning in, in Liverpool.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think as soon as the game finished last night, people uh, were talking about it in many ways. I don't know about your own, but I, it kind of like, Feels for me that it was the bigger game of the two this week, which sounds crazy given the fact it's Bayern Munich in the Champions League knockout stages. But uh, uh, the feeling, certainly in the city, and I think it, it reflects in the the wider fan base, which goes across the globe, that the Premier League is 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 the one that that Liverpool fans want. And I think Klopp said it himself, that's what he believes the fans want in the, in the lead up to the Munich match. And to be honest, this game I think is is pretty. Uh, pr- pretty pivotal, I should say. Just in terms of the momentum it could give Liverpool, not only would a, a win take them three points clear at the top, obviously it's the game in hand on, on Man City. It's, it's almost it's got a feeling like the Derby before Christmas for me, where Pickford's error led like, to Origi scoring and then Liverpool went on that amazing winning run all the way up to the City game in early January. I've just got a feeling that if we can go to United and get the it, it could really kick Liverpool on again because the form since January, even though there's not been many defeats, I think mean, there's only been the, the ones against City and Wolves in the cup with a second string side. It's there's been a few draws in there, and that's that sounds a bit silly because it's it, and if it does, it's just because of the ridiculously high standards that were set uh, in the first half of the season. But I've just got a feeling win on Sunday at Old Trafford and it could really kick things off again.
0: Well, that yeah, I mean, it's, it's another excellent answer. Um. Uh, Manchester United, of course, they've won forty-seven out of their last forty-eight matches. They they have they have momentum. They've they've just hammered Chelsea away. Their defence is improving. Their attack is getting better and better. Um, you know, we'll be playing in front of a crowd, a Manchester United crowd that has rediscovered the joy of watching their team. They're steamrolling everybody, uh, but uh, we're going to stuff them, aren't
1: we? Four nil, five nil. <laughs> <laughs> why not? You know, uh, to be honest, like I uh, uh there was part of me when Solskjaer got the job that was thinking, well, I hope he does have that kind of good start he had, because it may convince them United to to give it him permanently, and I don't mean any disrespect at all to Solskjaer there, because I just think like the number one candidate for me would be someone like Pochettino, who I think is just uh, an incredible manager, I think he's done an amazing job, and he's doing an amazing job at Spurs, but to be fair to Solskjaer, it's like, like, (laughs) as the weeks go by, and he, he wins at Tottenham, and he wins at Arsenal, and then he wins at Chelsea on Monday night, you begin to think like, maybe it is the real deal here, but I don't know that Paris Saint Germain game. You know better than me. I I thought that was quite eye opening. Really, it was it, it, the the games he's won. Solskjaer uh, against an Arsenal team who were uh, a good team, but they're in transition, obviously under a new management team. Chelsea are in a bit of the perennial crisis, aren't they, under a manager? Uh, and the, even the Tottenham game, it was they played very well in the first half, but De Gea was excellent in the second half. I just thought. I don't know about you, Owen, but I thought that Paris Saint germain was a real golfing class and, and hopefully Liverpool can, can be the same as can do the same to uh United what PSG did as well.
0: Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's yes, yeah, very interesting. That the the PSG match, I've I've spoken to a couple of people within the club actually, about that game. And um, you know, a lot of people um, you know, were very, very happy with Marquinhos's performance and stopping Paul Pogba. And I wonder if I think that that was that was huge. I mean, great tactics as well by uh, by Thomas Tuchel to sort of surprise United with the three four three that he ended up playing. And uh, you know, but man marking Pogba, I thought, was quite key for them. Um, and I wonder if I don't think Klopp would take the same approach with Paul Pogba, but you never know. So I just think it might be a bit more open. Um, but uh, yes, I think uh, I think you're right. Generally, they haven't played the best teams uh, in the world. Um, so yeah, I think I mean I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, um, you know, I mean, are you enjoying the league uh, season so far, or have the nerves got the better of you? Are you as tense as an agrophobe in a national park?
1: <laughs> uh, maybe not quite that tense. I think. It was quite interesting, wasn't it, earlier this month? The it, it, like the the opportunities to obviously go ten points clear ahead of, if they if they beat City at the Etihad, and then there was the the game at Leicester after the City had dropped points at Newcastle. It, it just felt a bit early, but it, I think we'll probably come to this point in a moment. But it's just a desperation, isn't it, within the fan base to get that first league title since 1990. And, I I think uh in the lead up to the Bournemouth game was it was it Kenny Dalglish came out and I know the uh, the Spinecock supporters group said listen you know we've all got our part to play here as supporters relax enjoy this this is this is why you're a football fan this is why you're a Liverpool fan and I think it was really good advice and I, I hopefully that Bournemouth game uh, was a bit of a turning point. I suppose the caveat with it, it was Bournemouth, who were pretty dreadful away from home, despite the fact that they're a pretty good Premier League team. Uh, I think it'd be just interesting, uh, the next home game, maybe Watford, it's Watford isn't on Wednesday after Manchester United, to see what the atmosphere is like. But yeah, enjoy it. This is, this is, this is what you want to be as a, as a Liverpool supporter, as a football supporter. If your team's got a chance to go clear at the top on, on Sunday with a win at your, your one of your biggest rivals, why not enjoy it? Well, yeah, I mean, I would agree.
0: Um, It's it's different when you when you follow Liverpool from from a different country. I mean, I'm exactly, I feel exactly the same as the fans in the stadium. In that, you know. A lot of the time I'm just sitting there and, in, in, you know, absolutely petrified at what's happening in front of me and just, you know, celebrating wildly when we score and uh, singing and shouting and screaming. But, I, you know, I, I wonder if there's if there's some kind of possibility of getting it through to the fans who are actually able to go to Anfield that they can't act like that. They have to try and enjoy it and try and, you know, look at look at the positives of the, you know, the reason that we we've they've got the nerves is is because we're doing so well and and you know because i because i can tell that it's coming through to the players this this tension i mean i think uh yeah i mean my idea is that that the club should pay for like massage seating covers that vibrate and and turn you know so that everyone can just sort of sit down relax uh during the match and uh but, you know, people have to sort of understand they're not watching it on a screen. They're watching it live and the players can react to them. I mean, what, do you have any solutions
1: for this tension? Well, I, I like your solution. That sounds very good. That would get me uh, in the ground, no question whatsoever. Uh, I, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's difficult. It's, I mentioned there what Kenny Dalglish had said and what fellow supporters have said. I think I really don't know. It's very difficult because I obviously I work on like post-game podcasts and like podcasts the following days I'm I'm not Anfield, I'm not a good I'm not one of our reporters here at the Echo that goes to the game So, uh, but the guys, I speak to guys who go on and of, on our behalf reporting I speak to someone like Paul Philbin who, who is one of our fans who does one of our fans podcasts and he said after the Leicester game he said it was one of the worst atmospheres he's felt at Anfield because within like four or five minutes they got the early goal through Mane if I remember rightly uh, and then a few passes went astray which is understandable it was terrible conditions and you could feel the tension building in the crowd but it's difficult because it's natural it's natural uh, if, if you've got someone like Please coming out and saying listen I've been here uh, I've done this I've led lead, this club to lead titles listen this is what we've got to do hopefully that will help or or maybe it is there's just a heated seat <laughs> I don't know it's very difficult
0: <laughs> yeah okay well thank you very much and thank you thank you very very much for joining me today I've just got one more question for you um, if, if you had to put a percentage uh, on uh, the chances Liverpool have of winning the, the Premier League oh, actually and I'll, I'll ask you for the Champions League and then I'll ask you for the double uh, what sort of percentages would you give me?
1: Right, I I'm still going to go quite in favour of Liverpool and the League. I've, I've kind of made the mistake recently uh, of watching that City documentary. You know, on uh, Amazon Prime. Like yes. I got a free trial, I got the free trial with Amazon Prime, so I've been wanting to watch it for a while. And I was kind of very impressed with Guardiola. I know it's not hard to be impressed by Guardiola, but you can see how intense he is, and you can see what they're building there, and they are a fantastic football team. And, and part of me thinks if Liverpool can actually beat them to the title, this could be the best title of the lot given the fact that I'm not saying Manchester City are the greatest side in English football history but they're certainly one of the most expensively assembled and I think a lot will come down to these next two Sundays yeah I think Manchester United away Everton away I think if Liverpool can come out with four or six points out of two those two games I'd give them a 70-75% chance of uh, winning the Premier League at the moment I'd say 60-40 because Positive results on Sunday, and I still class a draw uh, as, as a positive result at United. Liverpool are back clear at the top, and the destiny's in their own hands again. So I'd say maybe 60 at the moment. Uh, what would you have ones? Champions League? Ooh, um, Bayern Munich, I'm predicting a win. I'd probably say about 55%. I just kind of got the feeling this, this season uh, it's it's been a bit of a stumble, hasn't it? Uh, with the group stages, particularly away, and then... There was the game against Bayern, where it was, as we were saying, I, I personally think it's an OK result. I don't think the tie's over by any stretch of the imagination. I just wonder if Liverpool's destiny is the league this year and not, and not the, uh, and not the Champions League. So to try and make up a percentage, I wish I was better at maths because I'm sure you could actually do this uh, <laughs> to win the double maybe 40%. So I'm going 60% Premier League, 50% Champions League, 40% uh, the double. I don't know if that works. Probably doesn't make sense. But it's what I've got on the top of my head at the moment.
0: Oh, I love it. No, great. That, uh, that means you're, you're something of an optimist and I like that. That's very good. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Paul, for, uh, for, for, for joining us at Cop On Podcast. And uh, all of our listeners should check out the Blood Red Podcast. There's, there's uh, loads of good stuff on there. I love listening to it. So keep up the good work and thanks very much.
1: Thanks, Owen, and thanks very much for contributing to our Blood Red podcast as well. I know where uh, the listeners really enjoy your post-match verdicts.
0: Ooh, well that's very kind of Paul to say, isn't it? Uh, thanks a billion zillion to him for for agreeing to do that. I'm um, I'm sure you, uh, the listener, you found it as as uh, as illuminating as I did about uh, life at the Liverpool Echo and and uh, Liverpool's current situation and the future game against Man United. Oh, it's lovely to be a Liverpool fan, isn't it? Uh, So, yes, that's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for listening, as ever. Uh, If you didn't listen, I just wouldn't make it. Uh, If you uh, fancied supporting us on Patreon by uh, contributing as little as $1 a month, it is cheaper than chips, uh, remember, then uh, do head over to patreon.com forward slash cop on podcast. Thank you, though, so much. And uh, we'll be back very soon. In fact, there's probably another episode you might be able to listen to right now uh, uh, talking about Bayern and Manchester United, a full-length episode. God, I love this. I love it